and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. And now, Carl and Linda Bott. This is Free Fire Radio. Good morning and welcome to Free Fire Radio right here in the studios of KCNR 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. With Usually it's my Thursdays, but Trish is still on assignment today. No, today's Wednesday. Ah, thank you very much for that. Why did I think it was Thursday? Because I'm having one of those days, okay? Don't even start. Don't even try to make me feel better. Christina. But I'm a Thursday girl, actually, I know. too. I know. Well, that's the other thing, too. Benjamin. Not feeling well this morning. Good morning, everybody. Today, the 21st of February, 2024, 7.06 in the morning. News brought to you by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Caring, compassion, community. Shasta Regional Medical Center. Christina's here. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm going to call Tyler up, our producer. I have... A different chair sitting in my spot today. He knows. He's got to come in here and change these chairs around. I mean, it's not life shattering. I may just sit in it just to see if it's okay. <laughs> I also supposed to prepare. Um, I, I, I can't. What? What? English. I also supposed to prepare. It. I apologize. I'm gonna slap you around later. Okay. Okay. Hey, what national data did we have today? <laughs> okay, let's see. Today is. Today is National California Day. National California Day. Can you imagine this? Nah. I think it, are you sure it's not Cauliflower Day? No, it's California. You're just, you're just mispronouncing it? No, I see the Golden Bridge. For sure it's California Day. Okay. <laughs> they have a What's number two? Let's see. Chili Day. Okay, I can, I can live with this. Wait a minute. Chili the country or Chili the food? Chili the food. Okay. Okay, this is National California Day, National Chili Day. Yep, we'll go with National Chili Day <laughs> today. Okay, good morning, everybody. Uh, let me see. I think there's weather in here. This whole morning's been weird. It usually starts, I stay in my office. I don't talk to anybody until I get ready to go on. I walk in here. The uh, weather's laying here. The mics are here. The chairs are where they're supposed to be. I come in today and I see two screws and the microphone's broken. Oh, you're lucky Linda wasn't here today. Uh, okay, let's get it together, Carl. Today, showers likely. And since it's doing that, I, I pretty much believe that. Mostly cloudy with a high near 55. Tonight, maybe a chance of showers. Thursday, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming Sunday. Could we have a round of applause? Could we have a, a trumpet, you know, a trumpet solo here? Gradually becoming sunny with a high near 61. Friday, mostly sunny. Saturday, Sunday, all of them with sun. Are we feeling good here? Lows in the mid-40s. However, starting next Monday. <laughs> chance of showers and Tuesday so let's enjoy today after the showers go away tomorrow Friday Saturday and Sunday let's all run out there try to get our suntans and then put our raincoats back on for Monday and Tuesday 
Weather reports always brought to you by Shasta Gas Propane, the locally owned, locally operated, a family-owned company out of Anderson. Uh, uh, they have, first of all, they treat their customers like friends. They have discounts for seniors and veterans. They take care of their customers. It's a veteran-owned business. And I can't say enough about the Kenny family and their, uh, and the way, you know, the way they do run their business. I mean, it is, it is truly a fine business that takes care of people. You can reach them at 530-365-3793. So I'm here with Matthew Plummer. Morning, Carl. He's putting up with all this. He's kind of watching. He says, how can it be on the air for 14 years when it's just screwed up? No, definitely not. Look at this. I'm holding a microphone in my hand that should be attached to a boom and isn't. And there's two little screws laying down there. <laughs> oh, I got it. Oh. At least the screws no, are I'm on the gonna, table. I'm going <laughs> to stand here and hold it like I'm a rock singer. All right. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Are you are you ready for this thing to be over? It's no, close. It's, uh, it's close. Yeah, we're getting there. We have about two weeks left. Yeah. Okay. Matt Plummer is running for district supervisor. District 4. District yep. 4. Uh, pardon me, but, you know, they all kind of start running together at this time. Uh, sure. what, is the, what is the most surprising thing that you found running for office? I mean, you haven't run for office before. I mean, you've been right. around campaigns. Yeah, stuff. I've worked on a number of campaigns, but this is my first time running for office. Yeah, so what, um, what's been your biggest surprise? Well, you know, I don't know if I would say something specifically about running for office, but more so about Shasta County. And that is, as I've looked into a number of the stats on Shasta County, whether that be the suicide rate, the childhood trauma rate, I was surprised, you know, to see that we're performing as poorly on some of those dimensions as, you know, we are and and trailing the state, you know, highest suicide rate in the state. Um, even things like, you know, talk with someone working at the county and they say, oh, you, did you know that the number of babies born with drug withdrawal symptoms in Shasta County, seven times the rate of the state average. And so that was surprising to me. Uh, and, you know, one of the main reasons why I decided to run is because we have these challenges, mm-hmm. want to see us make progress on them. A lot of them have gotten worse over the last 10 to 20 years. Uh, and so, yeah. There is a t- uh, one uh the drug now, kids that are born already going having to go through uh, withdrawals mm-hmm. when they're born. I, you know, I I actually know of uh, two families that this has happened to, and mm-hmm. they've ended up grandparents are now parents of these kids. Uh, their 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 child and their child's partner both had drug problems. Mm-hmm. And it's more than one child. They have like four children. Mm. Every one of them's taken away. Uh, you know, there's somewhere there that that would be like a long-term uh, not sterilization, but a long-term birth control device you can inject into somebody so they don't do this. Keep doing this, but you can't do that. Well, yeah, I mean, forcing people, but there, I mean, there are increasing effectiveness of longer term birth control. And, but the challenge, uh, particularly with some of the folks who are engaged in those behaviors, uh, is that they don't always know about those devices. They use kind of the less effective forms. No, no, I'm um, talking about you inject it. A doctor injects it into them. They don't have a choice. 
Oh. And it, and it kills off that cycle for like a year. They can do it with Mustangs. They should be able to do it with people. I'm sure they could do that. I don't. You know, think Mustangs on the range. Idea, yeah, uh, I suppose it's got something to do with their civil rights. Yes. Okay. Uh, time to take a break. And what I'm going to do is, uh, when we come back, I want to talk about who you are, sure. and then the uh, uh, what you want to try to accomplish if you're elected. Okay? Sounds good. Okay, uh, Christina, take us out, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hello, I'm Patrick Jones, Supervisor, District 4. It's been an honor to serve Shasta County as Chairman of the Shasta County Board of Supervisors this last year. We have accomplished a lot. Term limits, Second Amendment resolution, fair elections, supporting the Redding Rancheria, Charter County, and more. As we move into this new year, we will need solid conservative leadership more than ever. And I'm up for the challenge. Thank you for your support. Paid for by the committee to elect Patrick Jones, Supervisor, District 4. Hey, Redding, when was the last time you experienced Black Bear Diner? Entrepreneur Magazine recently recognized this hometown diner as a top-growing national restaurant. Why? Because there's always plenty for your paws. With delicious home-style options that deliver choice, value, variety, and a cozy way to make memories and celebrate occasions. Come on in and remind yourself what guests all over the country are discovering. Black Bear Diner. The Shasta County Republican Assembly is proud to announce the following endorsements for the upcoming Shasta County Board of Supervisors elections. For District 2, the SCRA endorses Laura Hobbs. In District 3, Wynn Carpenter. In District 4, Patrick Henry Jones. We believe these fine candidates will best represent the values and policy priorities of Shasta County voters who align with the Republican Party platform and principles of limited government, fiscal responsibility, and individual liberty. The SCRA also strongly urges voters in District 1 to vote no on recalling the sitting Supervisor Kevin Cry. We stand firmly behind Supervisor Cry and call on District 1 residents to reject this unnecessary and disruptive recall effort. Together, we can ensure sensible, conservative leadership on the Shasta County Board of Supervisors. This ad is paid for by the Republican Citizens Advisory Committee. Dr. Eric and Tiffany Blasengame present Amazing Pollinators, on display now through May 27th at the Turtle Bay Museum. Immerse yourself in this visually stunning, game-based, role-play adventure that explores the colorful and diverse world of pollinator and plant relationships. Amazing Pollinators at Turtle Bay Museum was created by Minotaur Mazes, a company specializing in interactive maze exhibits. Learn more at turtlebay.org. Hi there, Shasta County. It's Dan Sloan. I want to thank Republicans across Shasta County for selecting me to serve as your GOP leader. Your faith in that leadership has motivated me to run for Shasta County Supervisor District 2. I'm the only candidate in this race that is a lifelong Republican with a history of fighting to protect our conservative way of life. With my experience, I will protect the foundational values of Shasta County. Criminals will not receive a get-out-of-jail-free card because we will keep our jail open. You have the right to arm yourself, and I will protect your Second Amendment. 
Taxpayer dollars won't be needlessly wasted on programs that don't benefit you. And remember, government is done best when we do the opposite of what Gavin Newsom says. A vote for Dan Sloan is a vote for conservative Republicans. Vote for a leader who understands your needs. Vote Dan Sloan. Paid for by the committee to elect Dan Sloan. Hello, Northern California. This is Rollin from the Flag Center. Winter rain and wind is hard on flags. So until March 21st, bring us that tattered old glory, and we'll give you 15% off any all-weather Tuftex American flag. Stop in and see us at 2124 Hilltop Drive or on the web at theflagcenter.com. The Flag Center, since 1982. American flags, American made. Hello, I'm Patrick Jones, Supervisor, District 4, inviting you to my fundraiser dinner Friday, February 23rd in Anderson at the VFW on West Center Street. Fantastic live auction, raffle, and, of course, great food by Rockin' Peas Barbecue. Doors open at 4, dinner at 6. Supervisor Jones's fundraiser dinner this February 23rd. For tickets, come by Jones's Fort or call me at 530-222-3223. Thank you, Shasta County, for all your support. Paid for by the committee to elect Patrick Jones, Supervisor, District 4. Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio with Carl Bott. I hope everybody's day's going good. It's going to start clearing up today and get some sun maybe tomorrow. Uh, the time is 7.18 in the morning, and this portion of the show is brought to you by Cornerstone Community Bank. Cornerstone Community Bank's been around about 17 years, and it is a local bank. Uh, locally owned and operated, and local board of directors, uh, four branches, one in Red Bluff, two right here in Redding, and one down in Anderson. Uh, they are behind a lot of the construction downtown, and they are supporters of so many local events. We do business with Cornerstone. Very happy there. Learn more at bankcornerstone.com. I'm here with Matt Plummer running for district supervisor, District 4. And uh, tell us a little bit about you, Matt. Where are you from? background and all that yeah so i grew up in a small town in western new jersey uh, about one square mile big a lot of farm country my youngest sister grew up riding horses still does that today Uh, and then you know lived in a number of different places my first job out of school was working for kind of like an amazon but for industrial supplies so uh, nuts and bolts and i was a manager out in the warehouse and during that time uh, it was the height of the great recession so 2009 I was in the Midwest, auto industry had collapsed, and I saw that as I would walk to my apartment, I'd see these empty, you know, machine shops, these empty tool and die shops, and see that the economy had collapsed. And I started to think about, you know, what does it look like for the future of this community to move forward? That led me to leave that job and join a nonprofit that was basically would go out, find nonprofits that were making a difference, and then would help them grow. And so I worked with nonprofits like the YMCA, the Police Athletic League, and helped them figure out how to. Uh, improve health, you know, reduce crime in the city of Philadelphia, for example. Did that for a number of years and then moved here, uh, worked remotely for a year, and then started a company here, and, and I've been doing that for the last six or seven years. So you've lived here how many years? Almost eight years. Okay. Yeah. All right. And we, you talked – I asked you about why you – or the biggest surprise. Yes. About, and you said seeing the things like uh, – problems that Shasta County was having. 
and we uh, we have a higher cancer rate, more smokers, more kids, right. more kids born with drug problems. Yeah, our life expectancy like is five years younger than the average for the state of California. And why do you think that is? Well, there's a number of different theories on why that is. Uh, the I think some of it goes back to our childhood trauma rates because it creates a cycle of engaging in kind of negative behaviors that reduce our health. And, you know, there's a number of theories of why that is. I don't, the one that I've heard that holds together the most, and I don't know if it's actually true, but is that if you look at the history of Shasta County going back to, you know, the mining days, uh, you had, so you had mining days and you had the uh, Shasta Dam construction, and those were really heavy in terms of requiring male occupation. And so the theory, at least, and I haven't validated this, is that there was a lot of men here who were single men, and apparently the male-to-female ratio at the time was you know, dramatically out of balance in terms of having hundreds of men per woman there. And so it created a culture where you had, and I've been in a lot of locker rooms, where you just had a, a bunch of single men, and they didn't have the responsibility of raising families and, you know, taking care of kids and being married. And so they engage in some of these what I'll call antisocial behaviors and that that created a cycle. I don't know if that's true. That's one theory I've heard um, that kind of has created an intergenerational cycle. But uh, I think that there could be a number of other reasons as well. That's interesting. So it's uh, what tox- toxic masculinity. Well, I don't know that uh, that I would but, use that term, but, but it's, that's it's kind of what you're describing. Well, I think that there, uh, it's possible that without the constraints of being Women. of being you know, raising a family and you know having to have those responsibilities, that men would be more predisposed to engage in some of the behaviors. And I think that's, um, you know, I think that's a possible explanation. That would be interesting to see if uh, military towns like Oceanside or some of these places that had military bases around them would be like that. It's possible, though. I would imagine that the military culture would kind of push back against that because of the strict rules and the requirements and the responsibilities that are imposed on them. But, yeah, I mean, I think it would be an interesting theory to test. I don't know if that's the explanation. When I've okay, but you. let's just say that that's, uh, let's say that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, the dam was built 75 years, 76 years ago. So that's what, how many generations is that? Five or six? Three three or four, yeah. Three or four, five. And yet you see uh, in today you've got uh, uh, women in office. And, uh, you know, at one point you had like three women run the uh, city council. And you have women in charge of places like One Safe Place and Children's Legacy Center. That, and yet these conditions still remain. Is it? Yeah. Is it? So how do you and, change that? Well, yeah, and how, I yeah, think well, how do you change that then? If right. If you're saying this is kind of ingrained, like you have a bad unit in uh, in the military, and even though they change out people all the time. It's still a bad unit. It's like they're cursed. Shasta County's not cursed, is it? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Shasta County's cursed. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know, in any 
and any problem that you have, I mean, you can speculate around why, why it's caused it and it's kind of interesting, but sometimes it can be, you know, not, it doesn't help you actually find the solution. Yeah. I think it's when it comes to interesting theory. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I think when it comes to solving it, we have to do a combination of two things right now. When I think of the challenges that we're facing, you have crime and homelessness, which are kind of in my mind like the tip of the iceberg in the sense that those are the things that we see and feel on a regular basis, weekly basis. And, and the, you know, uh, but below the surface is some of these other issues like childhood trauma, like domestic violence that places like One Safe Place and these other places are trying to address. And so I think we have to attack both at the same time. On one hand, we have to address crime and homelessness and, you know, the current uh, problems as we see them. But we also have to go upstream and try to prevent those because if our childhood trauma rates, for example, don't go down, we'll end up just feeding that cycle of homelessness and crime uh, so that in 10 to 20 years, we'll still have the same problems, even if we're treating it better. Well, I can tell you that having been on the air for 14 years, that there has not been a candidate that has come in here that has not said about the same thing. Uh, and this is no, I'm not casting aspersions on sure. you or anything, but I've been hearing this for 14 years. Yeah. And the only thing I've seen is homelessness has gotten worse. Right. Uh, low level crimes have exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have, uh, you know, domestic violence and all these things. We, our ACEs scores still are, are high in many cases. And yet, uh, everybody wants to fix it, but yet nothing's been done. Yeah, and I think gov- I mean, that's when you can ask people, are you better off now than you were? Right. And I think that, I think the, natural state of government is underperformance. And I think that's because the incentive structure is messed up. If you think about a business, right, uh, you know, if I provide, if I want to make money, which is what most business owners want to do, I mean, they might have other goals as well. They need to provide a product or service of value so that you keep coming back to that business. So the incentives are aligned. I provide something of value. I I get what I want, which is making money. In government, that incentive structure doesn't exist. Your incentive structure as a government official is spend money and pass policies, not necessarily deliver a benefit to the community because the community doesn't have a great deal of visibility into whether things are improving, what is the the county even trying to achieve. So politicians can go out and say, oh, well, we passed this policy or we spent this money. We hear it from Sacramento all the time. We spent $12 billion on homelessness this year. And it's like, well, did it get better or worse? That wasn't what the conversation was about. It was about what we did. And so what I would like to see, and I think this could move government towards actually delivering a benefit to the community, is hold it accountable for results to the community. Okay. How do you do that? So, number one, we have to set countywide goals that are not activity goals, because if you listen to the county budget process, you hear activity goals. We're going to do this this year. What I want to see is us actually say, okay, for example, we have the highest suicide rate in the state. I want to see us set a goal, for example, of let's reduce the suicide rate by 10 percent. And then that's published on the website and in board meetings on a regular basis, we're getting updates on our progress towards that. There's a plan for doing that that the board gets to review and the public has access to and can inform and comment on. And then each department has success measures. I was just talking with a real estate agent uh, who sells rural land out in the county, and he was you know, complaining about the interactions with the planning and resource management department. 
well, for example, for that department, I'd like to see us have what's called a net promoter score, where we survey everyone who interacts with that department and ask them, what was your experience like? And then that's reported to the board in front of the public on a regular basis so that that department knows, oh, I'm accountable to actually give our residents a good experience with us. And the public and the board is going to know if that is happening or not happening. So anonymous surveys. In those cases... Yeah, it would probably be anonymous. And I'll tell you why, yeah. because I've heard that complaint for 14 years. Right. Same thing you said, but they're afraid to say anything because they do business with the county. And they're afraid that if they say something and they are a, just a not a huge, you know, like a huge developer, right. which we don't have much of. But they're afraid that uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to come back and bite them in the butt. So you'd have to have anonymous surveys. Yeah, and that's that's totally do. I mean, that's how most companies do it, right? They're not yeah. out to identify the particular customer. They just want to know the customer experience, right? And that's just one example of a success measure. Uh, but I'd like to see every department develop those and then report to the board on those regularly. Every department, sheriff's department, the county clerk, all of those. Yes. So even the other elected officials. Yes, and I mean, you know, we can't tell the sheriff that he has to report on that, right? It's up to him. We can encourage him to do that. And I think the reality is I think most people who work in government, if not all of them, but most, I'll say, actually want to deliver a benefit to the community. I would say that. Uh, but the challenge is, you know, most people go to work and they're trying to get their job done. And so if the the incentive structure isn't pushing them to deliver a benefit. It's not that they're not trying to. It's just that they're trying to do what they feel is necessary to do to get their job done. And so we need to make it so that the getting their job done means delivering a benefit, and they will problem solve then if it's not actually happening. Okay. Uh, so holding the county uh, divisions, departments, to a uh, to a certain level, uh, by using surveys for every at every level, uh, have, holding another elected official to that could be a little more difficult. But if you start with the county and you explain what it is, everything can always be improved, pretty much. Absolutely. Got to take a break. We'll be right back after these messages. Tracy Edwards, CEO of the Reading Rancheria. Giving back to our local community is a tradition that is firmly rooted in our history. Shout out to Reading Rancheria. Appreciate you guys for all your help. Uh, with the help that you guys gave us, we were able to stick around, retain some of our employees, and make sure all the customers got what they needed. Thank you guys. Hi there. Us here at the Post Office Saloon would like to thank the Reading Rancheria for supporting us and our community through the COVID pandemic. Reading Rancheria, proud to play our part. Hello, this is Wynn Carpenter. I'm running for Shasta County Board of Supervisors, District 3, and I'm ready to serve. I would be honored to be your conservative representative and look forward to doing so. I support the direction the majority of the current board is headed. I support the elimination of the impact fees. I support the Charter County proposal, which will give the local government more control on what we do and how we do it. I support the Second Amendment, as stated in the federal and state constitutions. Therefore, 
I would push to make Shasta County a constitutional carry county. I support a fair and transparent election with traceable and verifiable data. I will stand with the Planning Commission and Board of Supervisors to fight the state and its heavy-handedness to shove the Fountain Windmill Project down our throats. I will stand against any imposition from the state, no matter the issue, on legislative or executive matters under the jurisdiction of the Board of Supervisors of Shasta County. Paid for by the Committee to Elect Wynn Carpenter, Supervisor District 3. Do you have something you'd like to get painted? Then bring it to Victory Powder Coating. Powder Coating is a durable, colorful, environmentally friendly alternative to paint. It's useful in automotive, agricultural, decorative, and high temperature applications. Victory Powder Coating has become the North State leader in powder coating applications and metal finishing. They specialize in large industrial items like truck beds, agricultural equipment, and trailers. They're dedicated to providing superior work and outstanding customer care. Consider Victory Powder Coating for your next project. Victory Powder Coating. Go with Masano. Mark Masano is a 29-year veteran of the California Highway Patrol who retired with honors. Go with Masano. Mark's a proven leader in law enforcement and government. Someone who gets things done. Go with Masano. A new voice for the North State who will finally represent everyone in District 1. Go with Mazzano. My name is Mark Mazzano, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mazzano for Assembly 2024. Alan Gordon, Coachmaster Auto Body. Big box store body shops to come to our area. They contract with as many insurance companies as possible. They provide discounts for these referrals. This allows the insurance company to dictate the parts and repair process to ensure the lowest cost of repairs as possible. This is not in your best interest for your expensive investments. The Coachmaster, we work for our customer, not the insurance company. We have no obligation to cut parts prices or use inferior parts. We follow strict manufacturer repair guidelines. It's your choice and your choice alone where you choose to have your vehicle repaired. Coachmaster was established in Reading in 1969 and doing quality repairs in Reading for over 55 years. Coachmaster has proven to be your best choice for collision repair. And yes, it is your choice. Our friendly service and quality repairs will have you referring all your friends and family. And remember, if we can't fix it, no one can. Remember Coachmaster on East Side Road. Learn more online at CoachmasterAutoBody.com. When people ask me for a recommendation for a heating or air conditioning company, I always say Alliance Heating and Air. Why? Well, they've been taking care of our HVAC system for 14 years. Professional, friendly, and willing to go to the extra step for their customers. I have found no problem too difficult or too minor for them to repair. I recommend Alliance Heating and Air with no reservations. You can reach them at 530-221-2642 or online at homecomfort.org. And they have 24-7 emergency assistance. Alliance Heating and Air. I'm Tracy Edwards, CEO of the Reading Rancheria. Giving back to our local community is a tradition that is firmly rooted in our history. We'd like to thank the Reading Rancheria for all their community support, including the bike shop. They do so much for our community, and we're beyond grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rancheria. You are the ones we can always count on to help us out in tough times. They're the people that have always been there for us, much more so than anyone else in our community. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Reading Rancheria, proud to play our part. Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studio of KCNR 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's, oh gosh, 48 degrees out there, 735 in the morning. This portion of the show brought to you by Jeff Horston, Crackmaster Windshield Repair, locally owned operation, locally run. Nobody knows more about repairing windshields than Jeff Horst. Why do I know that? Because he fixed a 
eight-inch crack in my windshield like 16 years ago, and you still can't see it. Okay, that kind of is cool. That's the kind of work he does, whether it's a small chip or a crack up to two feet in length. He won't be disappointed by going there. For a free inspection and analysis of your windshield, of your car, truck, or RV, you know, big windshields and RVs, Head on down to 3208 South Market Street or give Jeff a call at 530-241-8373 for an appointment. It's a veteran-owned business, and like I said, locally owned, locally operated. I have Matt Plummer with me running for District Supervisor, District 4. Nick, one question. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask Matt, uh, Ben he's a member of Bethel, if it had anything to do with these donations that he has gotten from out of the area, I'm going to play a clip that will last about 10 seconds. No, no, you're not. That's the question. Okay, thank you, Nick. So donations out of the area, I mean, I've lived in a number of places. My parents live in New Jersey. They've donated to my campaign. My best friend from growing up that I've known since I was eight lives in Arizona. He donated to my campaign. Some of the people I played football with at school have donated, and they live in various parts. So what you see is that the people who I've spent time with, who I've done life with, who I've worked with over the years, they have enjoyed that experience. They think highly of me, and they've contributed to my campaign because they think that I would do a good job in this role. So you've had – your? Uh, do you have any, like, a pack or anything like that? No, I don't. Okay. Uh People donate, what would you say, most of your money comes from outside the area? No, I haven't done the analysis on it, but I would say the vast majority comes from Shasta County. Okay. All right. Uh, you've, only, you've lived here seven or eight years now, and it just and you've worked on other political campaigns. The, uh, the, the idea of running this time was because you thought – should be a totally different road for the Sh- for Shasta County. The idea for running was seeing, as I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the program, that you know a lot of the challenges that we're facing have been getting worse over the last ten to twenty years. And I was seeing, as I listened to the board meetings, that you know a lot of the conversation wasn't actually focused on those challenges. And then, to the extent it was, I wasn't seeing the progress. And on, in terms of actually improvement, I mean, even from the last two years that we have data on homelessness, it increased by 200 people, which is about a you know 25 percent increase. And so, for me, really, and this has been the story of my career, is I want to do something that can move the community forward and solve you know community problems. That is what I'm passionate about. And so, as I saw this, I was like, oh, let, I'd love to get involved and contribute to making progress on these and take a stab at it and see what could be done. Okay. Let's start asking, what about the jail? What what would you do about the jail if you get elected? Yeah, the jail does need to be expanded. And I think that, you know, we should look at our options on the table. So we have the downtown expansion, but there's two options there. One could be where the current or the old courthouse, which is going to be vacated this week, I think. And uh, there's some other options downtown. So we should look at that. We should also look at an off-site option and do a renewed cost analysis on it. When it comes to funding the existing jail, I think we need to we should have a plan in place already and I'd like to see that, you know, coming out uh in the next few months and and I would ask the CEO to prepare that. 
And but also as we're doing that, I we need to change kind of the success metrics that we're getting from the jail because if we expand the jail without improving the outcomes, we're going to have the same system that we have now. We arrest 700 to 800 people a month, and currently our jail holds 450. Even if we increase that to 700, we're still going to have the same problem, which is that most of the people that we're arresting we're letting back out into the street. Well, yeah, I mean, because of California laws. Well, in part because of California laws. But even just the numbers don't compute, right? If, you have se- if you're arresting 700 people a month and you only have jail space for 450 or even 700 if we were to increase it, you're not going to be able to put all those people in jail. No, this is, going, so, to be, this is going to be a continuous thing unless you had a, uh, maybe a 2,000-person jail. Right. Okay, would you uh, – would you, uh, uh, and so that's – just to cl- close the loop on that. Yeah. That's why we need to, one, increase – uh, consequences for low-level offenders so that they don't kind of enter into this cycle of crime, which leads them to felonies. Two, we need to use time in jail more effectively, so we're reducing the likelihood that they then recommit afterwards. And then three, we need to have a transition plan for more of the folks leaving jail so that we're not just sending them out in the streets with basically a high likelihood that they reoffend, so that we're actually preventing... Have you been, have you been in the jail here? Yes. Okay. I mean, they do have programs in there if people choose to join them. They, the, the, about putting low-level offenders, uh, those are state laws, though. I mean, would you agree? I mean, that says they're all misdemeanors now. And then you've got serious cr- criminals that need to be in there, and they, and they hold down. The guy that broke our window is never going to stay in jail. He's going to be he's probably out in the street right now taking meth and all that. There's nothing you can do. He refuses to have, you know, I mean... Being able to incarcerate people, more people, to have a bigger jail, which brings another question, would you support a tax, a sales tax, to be able to build a jail and man it? I wouldn't support that. I don't think we've exhausted the options to fund it initially. Now, in two years, if we've gone through the plans and we've realized that there's – you know, that's the only option, then I think it's worth looking into. But I don't think we've exhausted the options. I don't think, you know, that we've spent the last four years actually preparing ourselves to build it in a way that has saved as much money as we could have. I mean, in five years, our, our and this is, you know, our total county budget has gone from $500 million to 660 Not all of that's discretionary, but there has been about – you know, a $32 million increase in discretionary revenue over the last eight years or so. Mm-hmm. And most of that money is not being diverted to the jail. And so I would like to see us exhaust all available options before we consider a tax. Okay, before the break. Bruce, you have a question? Is it Bruce? Bruce, you're on. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, you got a question yes, I, for Matt? Yes, I have a question. Uh, gun rights are so important in this county. Uh, what does Matt feel about open carry, constitutional carry, which I support? Okay, thanks for the question. It's a good question. Con- yeah, con- gun considering rights- the class I was in last night, or the lecture I was in last night. Go on. Gun rights are critical, and I would definitely support them. I support the legal challenges that are going on to against the state, which is continually making it harder for us to you know, possess the right to own and bear guns and defend ourselves. In terms of open carry, I would be willing to consider it. I know a number of other states do that, and you know, I don't see – Over half. That, yeah. So Over half have constitutional carry. So I would I would definitely be willing to consider that and see if there's an option at the county level that you know doesn't violate uh, state law and that we could advance forward. 
What about uh, owning firearms? Any restrictions? Well, I think there are there should be some restrictions. Well, I'm not talking uh, about I'm not talking about if you're a felon, or mentally ill, or a child. I'm talking about should there be restrictions on the types of firearms. So I think buy. that I think that anytime the government is wanting to restrict a right, they should have to go out of their way to justify it versus providing more freedom. So, so having a semi-automatic rifle is fine. Yes. And I think that's been shot down. You know, the, California has tried to outlaw that and even the federal government, and then it's been reversed a number of times for being unconstitutional. That's true. Uh, but there's always people trying. No, absolutely. We talked about it during the break. Okay, Bruce, that was a good question, and thanks for calling. And we're going to take a break here. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Four Winds Jewelry. Oh, uh, let me tell you, if you, have you ever been to Four Winds Jewelry? Yeah. You need to go in there. Okay. Uh, you're married. There's, yes. And every so often, I'm sure you step all over yourself. This is a great place. And you've been gone all the time. You're like, hey, I've got to take care of the kids, the plumbing. Uh, this is a great place to go in there and buy that special piece of jewelry, Four Winds Jewelry. It's uh, locally owned, locally operated. They are such nice people in there. They have a super selection of jewelry at very fair prices. They've been voted number one in the North State for the best jewelry store. And this is, you know, this is a local store. This is great. Do they uh, repair jewelry? Oh, they repair jewelry. They clean jewelry. They got the only watchmaker okay. in the whole area. My so, wife has two necklaces. She needs yep, back, There so. you go. And, right. and here's the other thing. They have integrity. You don't have to worry about you take that, you know, you take it in there. They're going to fix it. You get the same necklace back. Wow. Uh, the, uh, and they're located, Four Winds Jewelry, located at 2225 Hilltop Drive right here in Reading. Open Monday through Friday, 930 to 4. We'll be right back. Good KCNR Shasta is also broadcasting at K243CT Reading. Hi, I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while Florida Jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024. Just when you thought BT Satellite only does satellite dishes, it's a fact BT Satellite makes TV easy. And now Doug's making Starlink Internet easy too. Starlink Internet is often the only way to get connected, especially if you gain, stream, or work from home. Most often, there's several devices connected to your internet at one time, and that requires a great internet connection. BT Satellite is your choice for Starlink Internet, and now Starlink installation and setup. Call BT Satellite for your internet installation today, 241 3474. You'll always get the best 
Fierce TV and DirecTV packages from B&T Satellite. But did you know Doug can set up your smart home devices, including cameras? Just call Doug at B&T Satellite, 241-3474. Don't call the 800 number. Call B&T Satellite today, 241-3474. For your home custom theater installation, for TV wall mounts, smart home devices, and everything satellite and Internet, Doug makes satellite easy. Doug makes Internet easy. Doug makes TV easy. Call B&T Satellite, 241-3474. The National Wild Turkey Federation's 25th Annual Reading Chapter Hunting Heritage Banquet is Saturday, March 9th at the Shasta District Fairgrounds. To purchase tickets for the event or if you would like more information, contact Candy Muse at 530-526-8350. That's 530-526-8350 or online at nwtf.org forward slash event. Sponsored by Johnny Morris Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Benelli, Point Harness Company, Lacrosse, Sportsman's Guide, and Tacticam. Kevin Cry promised to represent and protect all the people of Shasta County. So why were Sheriff's Department staffing requests repeatedly denied? Cry claimed to be committed to solving the homeless crisis. Instead, he walked away from one of the most effective homeless organizations in the county. He said he would always seek sound advice from professionals and experts. Conspiracy theorists? Are these experts? Kevin Cry says one thing, does another. Recall Kevin Cry. Paid for by the Committee to Recall Kevin Cry. Start your year off with a winning streak. Come down to Wind River Resort and Casino for our $50,000 New Year. New winnings. Swipe to win draw. Swipe your free River Club card daily to win free drawing entries or other instant prizes. Don't miss your chance to win up to $200 free slot play every Thursday starting at 7 p.m. Join us for final drawings on January 25th and February 29th for a chance to win up to $2,000 cash. For complete details, see winriver.com or call 1-800-280-U-WIN. Find your moments at Wind River Resort and Casino. As we all get older, the one constant thing is the aggressive, excessive mail and advertising for Medicare, Medicare Supplements, and Medicare Advantage. And almost every one of them is a call center with no idea of what you really need. Siskiyou Insurance has an agent that deals with nothing but Medicare issues and can explain the differences clearly between a Medicare Supplement and Medicare Advantage. Call Greg Green at Siskiyou Insurance at 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345. This is Shasta GOP Chairman Dan Sloan. Senator Rand Paul is speaking in Redding, California on February 24th. This fundraising event will benefit conservative values and help elect Republican candidates. They went after Donald Trump's campaign illegally. They used secret courts and they didn't use the same standard as the Fourth Amendment. Join Rand Paul in the fight for true conservative values and ethical standards in the 2024 primary election. VIP ticket holders and event sponsors will receive a photo with Senator Paul on February 24th. Get your tickets at ShastaGOP.org. For over 50 years, House of Realty has provided experienced and effective advice to its real estate clients. Experts in residential, commercial, and investment property, we have the knowledge and tools to assist you with all of your real estate needs. Family-owned and operated since 1965, we have been an active part of the Shasta County community for generations. Please call House of Realty today at 241-8300, a reputation for excellence since 1965. Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. If you uh, had the video stream, if you pulled up the video stream, which is easy, you can see me dance. You see Matt Plummer in here with me today, but you can't see Christina in there dancing. Okay, what's the one from, uh, what's the one 
from that movie Night at the Roxbury? I want to hear what that. Is, I want to hear that next. Okay, after after the break. Yes, in the first segment. First segment, and we can really get <laughs> make a real show here. Yeah. Okay, Matt. We've talked about Second Amendment. We've talked about the jail. Let's talk about the Raiden Rancheria. Uh, something else has just happened. I, I, I'm not going to take your time talking about it, uh, about this lawsuit. But what's your thoughts about uh, Redding Rancheria building their casino? There's just people know the county before opposed it. Now the county is not opposing it. The city opposed it, and I don't think they oppose it now. I'm not sure how that works. I'm not sure about the city. So what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think, and, and as I mentioned in our previous uh, segment, that the government should always be hesitant to restrict the rights of an organization. And so I think, you know, Reading Rancheria owns the land. Uh, the city, as far as I know, sold it to them uh, or the county, the city, uh, either way. And so in general, my thought is we should let them do what they want to do on it. Now, I know that they have to jump through some hoops in terms of the – uh, the state government and the federal BIA, government and their, and their interior bureau of inter, uh, what, interior Indian affairs yeah, uh, bureau of is, Indian yeah. affairs yeah I mean yeah it's like flaming hoops right and and I know that there's you know there's some details around you know the fact that they have an existing casino and what happens with that versus a secondary casino I think they should follow they should go through all the process I mean if they need an environmental impact report they should do that as long as they go through line. it so what you're saying you would not oppose it you would not sign a letter saying you're opposed to it correct as long as they're going through the right process now and I think this is what you were alluding to at the beginning is that I also don't think that the agreement that was signed with them last year was a smart decision on behalf of the county. Okay. And you know that's a yeah. And, but and that's reared its head again. Right. And you know I think that what we saw there was that the the county the sheriff the Cal Fire and county fire chief, uh, the district attorney, all said that we haven't had a sufficient chance to review it. Now, I know it's also, this has been going on for a long time, and we shouldn't make it difficult for people to do business with the county. It shouldn't take five years to sign a, sign a contract. It shouldn't, and it, but it also, that doesn't justify rushing through something, waiving the right of county council to review it, and making sure that the numbers that are in place for a 30-year agreement are actually going to sufficiently cover the services that the county would be offering to them. Okay. Uh, let me see. Do jail, rancheria, homelessness, recidivism in yeah. our uh, in our uh, in our uh, law in structure, our legal structure. Uh, how long do you think it would take to fix the homeless problem? Do you support putting like a big camp out there, or or buying a huge building? And so when, you know, no, you can't stay on the street, you can't stay under the bridge, you go to this building and stay. Yeah, so I've worked with an organization that is helping 100 communities around the country uh, and get to, their goal is to get to zero homelessness. 14 of them have achieved that, and 40-some have achieved significant reductions. And what you, and when you look at the case studies of cities that have done that, generally, so the first phase, and I've talked about my plan for addressing homelessness as three phases. The first phase is kind of what, it, what I would call like good business practices, which is actually set a goal of getting to zero homelessness. I think we start with veteran homelessness. We have about 100 vets who are homeless in Shasta County. And so it's a manageable number. And also, I you know, think they deserve priority for their service to the country. And so... 
And then the next piece is to actually get good data on it is to have a list of all of them by name and have the organizations that are working on that come together on a monthly basis, update the list, and problem solve. Now, when you look at the case studies, you see that that often takes a community about a year to 18 months. And then once that's in place, they can often make significant progress in another year to 18 months. And so a lot of times you're seeing these organizations, these communities that have achieved zero homelessness for a certain subpopulation, they're getting to that in two to four years. And so I think that's a realistic. So you identify each homeless person. You give them like a caseworker out of a group. Potentially. Potentially. And then you start finding them a place to stay. What about in between four years? Yeah, I mean, so I because think, I've heard of things about well, look at the old Costco. I'm just using it as an example. Let's just rent that building, lease the building, right? Put security in there. It's got bathrooms. You know, you can put showers out there, and then that way you can force people into it, literally. Or you, can, if you don't want to go there, we'll just harass you all over town. Well, so I think first of all, we we have more shelter space than is currently being used. The last oh, point yeah. in time count, oh, we, yeah. only 63% of the beds were being used. Yeah. And so that's where we need to enforce a consistent, that's phase two for me. It's one, get good business practices in place. Phase two is enforce a consistent ban on okay. public camping. And don't do the, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think that pushing them around town is a good idea because then it just, it creates more stress for them, and it, it honestly just shuffles the camps around. Well, so yes. I would like to see us do a clean handoff to the housing options okay. from that. And then phase three is is actually improving the system that's, you know, not letting people fall through the cracks of rehab and go right back to the same environment. Okay. You got two minutes. You got one minute and a half. Okay. Why should people vote for Matt Plummer? Yeah, we're all experiencing and, and feeling that, you know, Shasta County could be an amazing place and is an amazing place where, you know, I've come to live. I have three girls and we love being here. My wife's a teacher. We've, you know, invested and planted our life here. And yet we have these challenges. We have homelessness increasing. We have crime increasing. We have our roads that are seventh worst in the state. And <clears throat> Uh, we want to see progress on these challenges, and that hasn't happened over the last 10 to 20 years for the most part. And my focus is holding the government accountable to actually deliver a benefit to the community. Those are the things that I've done over the years in my professional works, you know, both as a nonprofit consultant, as a business owner. And that's what I would do on the Board of Supervisors is actually ensure that we're focused on delivering a benefit on those things that are affecting people on a daily basis. Okay. How do people get a hold of Matt Plummer? You can go to mattplumber.com. That's plumber with two M's, uh, not the person who will fix your sink. And, uh, and you can. Oh, God eat. knows we need them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's well, true. I just That's... waste. I found I wasted my whole life by being in the Marine Corps. I could have been a plumber and, <laughs> and had, had yachts. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Uh, and then, uh, Matt Plumber. Yeah. Two Matt, M's. Two M's. Yeah. Matt at mattplumber.com. You can email me, uh, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Your phone number is in, you put out a lot of emails. Oh, yeah. And your phone number is on that. That's yes. how I get a hold of you. I look yeah, up my email. Yeah, my phone number, you can call or text is 530-691-0434. Next time you're going to be out seeing people? Uh, next week, I will have two pop-in events, one in Reading, one in Shasta Lake. You can find that details on Facebook. Okay. Thanks, Matt, for coming in. Thanks for having me, Carl. You betcha. Hey, when we get back from the news, we've got uh, the sheriff's office here and the guy in charge of Bernie. I have all types of questions for that. We'll be right back. Casey and Harsha, so 
News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. The mother of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny goes to court, demanding the release of her late son's body. Lyudmila Navalnaya is fighting the refusal of Russian officials to release her son's body, according to Russia's state news agency TASS. Navalnaya has been trying to retrieve her son's body for days, following his death in a penal colony in Russia's far north. Meanwhile, Britain has issued sanctions against six people who led the penal colony where he was held, according to the UK Foreign Office. It said at the penal colony, Navalny suffered from being denied medical treatment and from having to walk in temperatures dropping to minus 25 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm Karen Chamas. And the White House vowing to punish Russia for Navalny's death. Echoing a statement from President Biden, National Security Spokesman John Kirby said the U.S. does not know how Navalny died, but insisted that the ultimate responsibility lay with Russia's Vladimir Putin. Regardless of the, of the actual scientific answer, Mr. Putin's responsible for it. Kirby said the White House would unveil additional major sanctions on Russia this Friday. White House correspondent Greg Clugston. Presidential brother James Biden, due to appear today before the House Oversight Committee, this is part of the Republican-led presidential impeachment inquiry. Despite a Supreme Court ruling against his student loan debt forgiveness scheme, President Biden is unilaterally canceling another $1.2 billion in federal student loan debt. An ex-FBI informant, Alexander Smirnov, accused of fabricating a Biden bribery scheme, has been released with GPS monitoring pending the trial. On Wall Street this morning, stock futures or stocks are lower. The Dow is down 84 points, while the Nasdaq is off 97, and the S&P trading 12 points lower. More on these stories at townhall.com. The new FedNow system is paving the way for the digital dollar. It grants the government unprecedented access to your financial transactions. This isn't just an invasion of privacy. It's a direct assault on your liberty and hard-earned money. It's another reason why I recommend physical gold IRAs from the Birch Gold Group. I'm Lance Wallnow. I'm a news analyst and a podcaster with nearly 25 million downloads to people just like you who cherish their financial independence. A precious metals IRA can help you avoid the scrutiny of Big Brother while also preserving your retirement savings through almost anything, including economic crashes, political instability, and even hyperinflation. To find out more, get your free info kit on gold IRAs by texting the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and see how a gold IRA can help you. Text FAITH to 989898. Remember, there's no strings attached. Text FAITH in the number 989898 right now, and I pray you're blessed with continued prosperity. Apparently, a deadly attack targeting Muslims was a long time in the making. Researchers in New Zealand have been tracing the Internet activity of Brenton Tarrant, the man who posted an online manifesto and then live-streamed his attack on two mosques in the city of Christchurch, they want to understand how he became radicalized. A government inquiry concluded the Australian hadn't posted on extremist websites. However, researchers have now traced anonymous violent posts to him, showing that he was planning the killings at least four years before it occurred. That's the BBC's Celia Hatton. Heavy snow is piling up across northern and central China. It is disrupting traffic, forcing schools to cancel class. Flights and intercity train traffic, on which much of China's commuters rely, have been delayed or canceled today. News and analysis at townhall.com. 
For this sports broadcaster, it's a family affair. Chris Carey has been hired as a play-by-play announcer for Oakland Athletics Games on NBC Sports California, becoming the fourth generation of his family to work as an MLB broadcaster. Carey's father, Chip, is the TV play-by-play voice for the St. Louis Cardinals. Chris Carey's grandfather, Skip, called games for the Atlanta Braves for 30 years. And Harry Carey, Chris's great-grandfather, was a winner of the Hall of Fame's Ford C. Frick Award for Excellence in Baseball Broadcasting. Keith Peters reporting. As of today, Amazon has been added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, replaces drugstore operator Walgreens Boots Alliance among the Big 30. Another change, ride-sharing service Uber Technologies will be added to the Dow Transportation Index, Uber edging out JetBlue Airways. More on these stories at townhall.com. The views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. And now, Carl and Linda Bott. This is Free Fire Radio. Good morning and welcome back to Free Fire Radio right here in the studios of KCNR 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. We're streaming live at KCNR1460.com and you can hop in our chat room at that same address. Phone lines here at 530-605-4567. Today, the 21st of February, 2024, for those of you a little bit slow, you know, Keeping up with the change, like me. Uh, 8.05 in the morning, the news brought to you by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Caring, compassion, community. That's Shasta Regional Medical Center. Christina's here, and it's National Chili Day. Is that hey. is that chili con carne or just chili now? there's. I guess it's just chili, but chili is a super American national, I guess, dish, because I never... Well, it's, it's it is, but I think it's it's it originated maybe south of the border there. If there, maybe, is, well, I, yeah. I I call it south of the border. There is no border now, so I, I'm just going to say in the southern part of the United States. Uh, and there's two types of chilies, just for you to know. There's chili with beans, which true aficionados say is not chili. Mm-hmm. And then there's just the meat chili with the red peppers and you know and the sauce and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, frankly. I can go either way on that. I like both of them. I do not, but some people are making white chili now with a different kind of sauce, which, frankly, I think it's, uh, it, they're heretics when they make this. And I, I go to a chili judging contest every year for the Asphalt Cowboys and just revel in it. But I'm finding that most of these just don't have the bite. I want to have it come when I taste it. Oh, I can taste the flavors. But then as I'm swallowing it, I want to hear, I want to feel this burn. Now, not all the way down my throat. It gets into my stomach and keeps going. No, not that kind. I will make you a true chili. Sounds like a deal. Yeah. I'll do do it on some day you're not working. Okay. Just in case. In case I'll get ready. Right. Okay. Uh, The weather. Uh, today, showers likely mainly before 10 p.m., as we're getting right now. It's going to start clearing off, my friends. Uh, it's going to be a uh, high near 55 today, a low around 45. Now, tomorrow, it's going to become sunny, gradually becoming sunny with a high in the 61. Friday, 
a high near 69 and sunny. And Saturday, get this, mostly sunny with a high near 71. Whoa, what's that going to be like? Sunday, the same thing, but Sunday night, we're going to go back in a chance of showers and Monday and Tuesday. So, uh, enjoy, maybe starting tomorrow, uh, sun for the next few days and kind of start drying things out around here. The weather report's always brought to you by Shasta Gas Propane, a locally owned, locally operated company, a veteran owned company. Uh, that provides just outstanding service for all your propane needs. They have discounts for seniors and veterans. They have other plans. They treat their customers like friends. They are good people. Give them a call, 530-365-3793. And I am here with Lieutenant Tim Este. Estes. 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 Oh, turn him on. Is he on? Oh, getting closer, partner. Tim Estes. Yeah, correct. Okay. And you are the man in charge up in Bernie in the Shasta County Sheriff's Office. Yes, I am. Okay. So, did you what did you uh, how do you like how do you like that job up there? I mean, you kind of like run your own you run your own place up there, right? I, I do. I I enjoy it a lot. I mean, I was born and raised in that community and I was blessed to return to it as really? the station commander, so. You, you know, know he, you know Rick Hill? By any chance, he was born and raised in Bernie, but he's somewhat older than you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're yeah, maybe 20 years older. Yeah. Anyway, I thought there may still be, you know, like remnants in school. You know, Rick Hill wrote his name up here on the gym or something. Okay, so what do you like about working in Bernie? Bernie is very law enforcement friendly. They have a great community, um, very industrious, um, mills. Um, they're blue collar, blue collar, grassroots. They're just a wonderful community to serve. So, and, and I have lots of family up there. And yeah, stay right on that microphone yeah. like it's taking your X-ray of your teeth. Yeah, so there you go, it, buddy. It's a great community to be in. Okay. Uh, do you? Uh, what's What's the biggest problem facing you up there in Bernie? Would you say? Uh, we definitely have a homeless issue. We have. Um, some substance abuse, some mental health crisis, um, housing's an issue. Um, th- there's a lot of things that we're trying to overcome. There's okay. A, um, there's not a lot of resources up there, so um, when people do come to our community in need, there's nothing really for them. So we try to get them back down to Reading so they can get the resources they need. Just put them in a little short bus and take them back down here and drop them off, huh? Well, Is that say, what you're saying there? I was Lieutenant? not saying that. No, you're not saying <laughs> I know you're not. Uh well, it's true, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Bernie is a nice place, but there aren't a lot of uh, uh, assets there to help homeless or people with drug addiction. I mean, there's you know you could probably stabilize and those kind of things, but for long-term care, they have to come down here. Yeah, and this time of year can be challenging because of the weather. So if you're um, unhoused and you're living in the, the woods or something like that, it can be, you know, we have the cold that can put people in the hospital, and it can be very dangerous, so... Is there snow up there now? Uh, no, in the, okay. mount, in the mountains, but not in the town itself. But it still gets, well, maybe not this week, but it's, if it's raining, it gets down probably into the, what, 30s up there? 30s uh, or 40s? Yeah, 20s, 30s. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, very cold. These huge storms that hit Southern California was just wiping out the homeless communities down there who were living on the streets. And the temperature wasn't, you know, anything near like it is up here. Yeah. So... Uh, okay, so you have those problems. Uh, how, how big is the Bernie substation? 
I have six deputies, two sergeants, uh, a community service officer. A lot of people don't understand or, or know that we have a front door lobby that's open and they can come in and, and talk to my community service officer through a glass window, of course, and she can, there's some resources off there, CCWs, she can help with that in that community as well. So people don't have to travel all the way to Reading or to the main office. They can, if you're from that community, you can come up there and we can assist you, so. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got two sergeants mm-hmm. and six officers. Not ca- and then you. And then me. Yes. And then you. Okay. Now, so how many people do you have on shift then in, in the, the morning area? In the morning, we have the sergeant and, the de- and one deputy. In the afternoon, we have the deputy or two deputies. And there, there's a little overlap, but sure. but typically just two two deputies and a sergeant in the afternoon. Okay. Uh, what about the uh, – how, how big an area do you cover? It's large. Um, basically, everything – East of Oakland Road in 299. We go all the way into Siskiyou County, all the way into Modoc, Lassen, and it's a huge area. It's, I mean, we always joke that the deputies can go through a tank of gas a night, so it's it's huge. Um, that is big. I've heard over 1,600 square miles. I mean, don't quote, fact check me on that. But For two guys. Yeah. yeah we love to have more, and the sheriff's definitely working on that. <laughs> Looking for what? More deputies. More deputies. More deputies. I'd like to do that. I keep threatening, but they keep telling me there's some kind of – I don't even think there's an age requirement. You just have to be able to get to post. <laughs> Boot camp all over again at this age. Anyway, uh, we're here with uh, Lieutenant Tim Estes. Uh, he's the head of the Bernie uh, sub, uh, uh, substation. Station. Bernie or the station. Uh, I found out how many people they have, and you have more than I thought you had mm-hmm. up there, first of all. Uh, the and, but you could always use a couple more. Obviously, absolutely. Sheriff's deputies cover extremely large areas, and they travel by themselves most of the time. It's almost like being a game warden, uh, you might say. Very similar. Yeah. Very similar. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back after these messages. <laughs> Hello, I'm Patrick Jones, Supervisor, District 4. It's been an honor to serve Shasta County as chairman of the Shasta County Board of Supervisors this last year. We have accomplished a lot. Term limits, Second Amendment resolution, fair elections, supporting the Redding Rancheria, Charter County, and more. As we move into this new year, we will need solid conservative leadership more than ever. And I'm up for the challenge. Thank you for your support. Paid for by the committee to elect Patrick Jones, Supervisor, District 4. Hello, this is Wynn Carpenter. I'm running for Shasta County Board of Supervisors, District 3, and I'm ready to serve. I would be honored to be your conservative representative and look forward to doing so. I support the direction the majority of the current board is headed. I support the elimination of the impact fees. I support the Charter County proposal, which will give the local government more control on what we do and how we do it. I support the Second Amendment as stated in the federal and state constitutions. Therefore, I would push to make Shasta County a constitutional carry county. I support a fair and transparent election with traceable and verifiable data. I will stand with the Planning Commission and Board of Supervisors to fight the state and its heavy-handedness to shove the Fountain Windmill Project down our throats. 
I will stand against any imposition from the state, no matter the issue, on legislative or executive matters under the jurisdiction of the Board of Supervisors of Shasta County. Paid for by the Committee to Elect Wynn Carpenter, Supervisor District 3. Dr. Eric and Tiffany Blasengame present Amazing Pollinators, on display now through May 27th at the Turtle Bay Museum. Immerse yourself in this visually stunning, game-based role-play adventure that explores the colorful and diverse world of pollinator and plant relationships. Amazing Pollinators at Turtle Bay Museum was created by Minotaur Mazes, a company specializing in interactive maze exhibits. Learn more at turtlebay.org. Hi there, Shasta County. It's Dan Sloan. I want to thank Republicans across Shasta County for selecting me to serve as your GOP leader. Your faith in that leadership has motivated me to run for Shasta County Supervisor District 2. I'm the only candidate in this race that is a lifelong Republican with a history of fighting to protect our conservative way of life. With my experience, I will protect the foundational values of Shasta County. Criminals will not receive a get-out-of-jail-free card because we will keep our jail open. You have the right to arm yourself, and I will protect your Second Amendment. Taxpayer dollars won't be needlessly wasted on programs that don't benefit you. And remember, government is done best when we do the opposite of what Gavin Newsom says. A vote for Dan Sloan is a vote for conservative Republicans. Vote for a leader who understands your needs. Vote Dan Sloan. Paid for by the committee to elect Dan Sloan. Hello, Northern California. This is Rollin from the Flag Center. Winter rain and wind is hard on flags. So until March 21st, bring us that tattered old glory, and we'll give you 15% off any all-weather Tuftex American flag. Stop in and see us at 2124 Hilltop Drive or on the web at theflagcenter.com. The Flag Center, since 1982. American flags, American made. Get ready for a night of musical enchantment with Edwin McCain in the Wind River Resort and Casino Event Center on Friday, April 5th. Immerse yourself in the magic of his unforgettable hits like I'll Be and I Could Not Ask For More. Get your tickets now and let the music take you on a journey you won't forget. Tickets include $10 free slot play. For tickets or complete details, visit windriver.com or call 1-800-280-U-WIN. Find your moment at Wind River Resort and Casino. Hello, I'm Patrick Jones, Supervisor District 4, inviting you to my fundraiser dinner Friday, February 23rd in Anderson at the VFW on West Center Street. Fantastic live auction, raffle, and of course, great food by Rockin' Peas Barbecue. Doors open at 4, dinner at 6. Supervisor Jones's fundraiser dinner this February 23rd. For tickets, come by Jones's Fort or call me at 530-222-3223. Thank you, Shasta County, for all your support. Paid for by the committee to elect Patrick Jones, Supervisor District 4. Radio here in the studios of KCNR, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM. It's a good thing you can't see us in there, right, Christina? Yeah, doing our head-banging thing. Hey, this portion of the show brought to you by Maxwell Insurance and Financial. All your insurance and financial needs under one roof. That's right. Judy Maxwell started this business in 1993. He's been helping our community ever since. We were just talking about insurance on homes yesterday. 
and how many people have lost their insurance because the companies are pulling out of Northern California and California, period, and Florida. So you're going to need some help with that, and that's Judy Maxwell. She can find you the insurance that you need, and uh, uh, she treats her customers as they are friends. Give them a call at 530-221-0441 for a free analysis and, you know, uh, getting in there to talk about it, uh, free review there. Uh, or stop by 1378 Hilltop Drive. It's right next to Members First Credit Union. That's Maxwell Insurance and Financial. I'm here with Lieutenant Tim Estes, who is the uh, heads up the station up in Bernie. Uh, we found out the number of uh, officers that are up there, the huge area that they have to uh, have to cover. Let's talk about you, Lieutenant. I know sometimes it's not comfortable, but mm-hmm. how did you get here? How did you get to be uh, the head of the station in Bernie? And are you uh, are you you said you were born and raised in Bernie? I was. Um, uh, I started in 2008. Got out of the academy. Um, went to the academy in 2007. Got out. In but why'd you go? Why'd you go into law enforcement? I kind of drawn to it. Felt like I was called to it. Okay. No, that's that's and cool. I got. I'm sure you're a military man. You understand. So I was voluntold to go back to Bernie, and and it's <laughs> I've had a successful career there. So. so you've been to Bernie for a while then. Yeah, about 16 years. So you've been up there this whole time, but then you know everybody up there. Yes, obviously. Yeah. 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 Does that work against you sometimes? Um, it, it can. Um, I've had the. Displeasure of arresting people I know and family members and yeah, you know, not immediate family obviously. Right? But, no, but, no, I know what yeah, you mean. <laughs> but it, it it can be, but you can use it as well to have a positive outcome as well. So yeah, I mean, if you pull pull this woman over for speeding and she says, "But we went to the prom together." <laughs> the, okay, that's just kidding. Uh, how how many communities do y'all serve up there? We we know Bernie, but how many other communities do you serve? There's about ten small communities, and you know my best estimate is about ten thousand people. So, okay. And in the summertime, obviously that increases because of tourists and things of that nature. But is there is that a problem tourism? For the most part, not really. You know, we we like to have them there, and 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 they're they're there to enjoy the the environment, like. We all do, and it's, it's not that bad of a problem. What do they do up there in uh, that area? Well, they go to the falls, which is closed. Bernie Falls. Closed yeah. in 2024. It, so, Can you believe that, that they're closing Bernie Falls for a year? Yeah, I, gotta, I saw that, and I thought, excuse me, what? And, I mean, what? There was the, why are they doing it just to fix? What are they fixing? Well, if you're a local, you're probably familiar with some of the erosion and some of the trail issues that need to be fixed oh, okay. and, and addressed. So I imagine that's probably some of it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Closing Bernie Falls for a year. I mean, how many thousand people go up there a year? Yeah, there's a lot. Now, yeah. So, can you still see it like from a distance? <laughs> okay, you can't come down the trail, but oh, and you can't even see it. No. So, no. Oh well. Okay. So, okay, Bernie Falls. But what are what are the kind of what other things do people do up there in, in that area besides Bernie Falls? There's hunting, fishing, camping. We have a, the 89 corridor is amazing. Um, Oh yeah, all the all the rivers and lakes and people. Uh, do they ha- do you have float trips from around there too, or not? Uh, there's kayak trips out to to the lakes. I don't know about float trips. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, and again, we talked a little bit about it during the break, and it's all anecdotal on my part, is that uh, violent crime has it seems to be expanding. 
it seems like the governor's own people that they used to have, <laughs> the governor's been taken from 55 to like 80 as far as what they do. Am, am I wrong about this or is this something, uh, you know, because, and I will tell you, other officers I've talked to say, um, not really, but it, you know, but instances, yeah, it gets real violent. It, it can. Um, law enforcement in general is doing a very good job of um, going to de-escalation courses and things to help us better. Listen, these people are, are dealing with some terrible events in their life and or made a bad decision or have a mental health crisis, and law enforcement is doing a good job about um, training our, our people to deal with those crises. So um, historically, I, I believe with my experiences um, early on in my career, there, there was a little more violence in these individuals, and, and that has definitely changed. Okay. Now, we did talk about that, and I was thoroughly surprised by that. Uh, you said when you were when you first started was it sixteen years ago? Yes. People would fight you. Yes. When you were trying to arrest them and, and fight fiercely because they knew something was going to happen to them. Yes. Uh, they could they could be on parole, they'd be on probation, whatever it is. If they get arrested, they know they go back to the big house. Yes. But nowadays, uh, again, there's there's it's almost like it's an inconvenience. So we're we're. <laughs> We've seen people that typically would have fought in the past. They, have, they fit that profile, that all, all those things that we look out for in law enforcement, and 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 they 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 may or may not go with the program, but typically they usually are because, you know, because of Prop 47 and and decriminalization, they they know that it's, they're more likely going to be released. Yeah. So instead of fighting because they think they're going to go back to to uh, the slammer, they go, yeah, they're going to turn me loose on this, and and we do. That can definitely happen. Wow. So they, so you're seeing is that, well, no, they're not fighting like they used to in the old days. That's interesting that our system has gotten to the point where criminals go, yeah, arrest me. Give me my ticket. Oh, take me down. The only inconvenience is taking them down the hill to Reading, and it takes them a while to get back. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, the, the atmosphere, but you... But you're traveling all the time, like you said. Your guys can go through a tank of gas. Uh, the you know on this, and the main things you're facing is is there a uh, are there like marijuana plantations out there? Uh, are there uh, are there are they still doing meth labs, or is it fentanyl has now taken over from all that? In your opinion, up in that area, uh, we haven't seen a meth lab in years. Um, we do have you know your illegal growers, um, so. Um, and our marijuana eradication team's back, so they're definitely addressing those issues. Um, but, you know, the, the, one of the biggest concerns we have, and I'm sure the community as well, is, you know, putting patrol vehicles in, the, in their community during the night. And sometimes we're, def- we're definitely floating to the areas where the crimes are happening. So they may, may or may not see us that evening or, or even that day because we're, we're in the area where um, the calls for service are originating. The uh, fentanyl coming up there just like everywhere else unfortunately yes do you uh uh what do you think that i mean is there any way in just your opinion i mean you've got time on the block here and law enforcement experience is there any way to come to combat fentanyl at this point uh there's some creative ideas out there and and they're they're definitely above my pay grade and maybe, okay. maybe start with legislation. Um, 
securing certain parts of our country. But uh, oh, okay, the borders. Well, everybody knows that yeah. the borders open. They're just tons of fentanyls coming across the border. Thank you, Joe. Uh, what about uh, there's there's some thoughts about if you deal fentanyl because I'm starting to see this now. They're starting to charge people with murder for us. They knowingly selling fentanyl, mm-hmm. you know, pure fentanyl to people. We had a case here in Reading where the guy went to jail for manslaughter. Uh, is it harsher crimes then? So it's not just a slap on the wrist and we'll turn you loose. I've seen some of those cases. Um, they're, I mean, it's a heavy lift to prove those mm-hmm. those, those type of crimes. Um, but it's something that we we will pursue. The sheriff's office will pursue. So, so yeah. I mean, it's not being creative in law enforcement or enforcing the law. It's just it exists. I mean, you you sell poison to somebody and they use it and they pass away or succumb to that. Um, it's something that can be pursued. The uh, the population of Bernie. And I'm just looking at Bernie because that's isn't that probably the largest community you have up there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many how many young people do you have? Would you say? It's, it's definitely decreased over the years. Okay. Um, I believe when I graduated from Bernie High School in 2000, I think we had, I think four 450 kids in the class or in the school. And in the was, school. That was between seventh and twelfth grade, and I think it's below 200 now. So. Wow. Yeah. But and there's no decrease. I mean, there's lots of jobs up there. There's there's ways for people to go to go to work and make a living. Which we're not seeing that young. They're not staying around Bernie, huh? No, they're not. Wow. Hey, we're here with Lieutenant Tim Estes uh, from, uh, he's the heads up to Bernie Station for the Sheriff's Department. He's a, he's a hometown boy from Bernie, and he's been up, how long have you been up there? 16 years. <laughs> You've never come down to here? No, I've come down to other assignments, but okay. again, I live up there, so I'm you re- returning every night. So. Oh, my gosh. So then you were driving down here and then driving back up. That yeah. must have been a lot of fun. Uh, so, But now you live up there. Well, you lived up there all lived the time. There, yes. Okay. You raised your family there. Yep. So you've got—I mean—you've got a real buy-in with Bernie about keeping it safe. Yeah, yeah, it's a great community. That's cool. The whole Intermountain area. Okay. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Shasta Regional Medical Center is on the cutting edge of technology there with the uh, the Da Vinci XI robotic sur- uh, surgical system, uh, less intrusive, uh, less pain, faster recovery times, the tabber valve replacement where they used to have to open your chest up to fix a valve. Now you can get have it done without opening your chest, uh, and you're out of the hospital the next day. Tavern valve replacement, many other types of technology that you used to have to travel for hours to get is being done right now at Shasta Regional Medical Center. Healing starts here. Shasta Regional Medical Center. We'll be right back. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Have you turned on the news? Gavin Newsom is running for president. He just hasn't told you yet. He's leaving a trail of destructive policies, a $70 billion budget deficit, rising crime rates and raging homelessness. Assemblyman James Gallagher isn't going to let him ruin the North State on the way out. This is James Gallagher. Because of Gavin Newsom, the California dream is now a nightmare. 
Gavin Newsom spends more time campaigning in other states about national issues than addressing our needs here. He tramples all over our individual freedoms and supports new tax increases, all while releasing dangerous criminals into our neighborhoods. I've had enough. I've taken on Gavin Newsom and won, and I'm going to keep taking him on for you. We will stop his plans to undermine Prop 13 and raise taxes, hold him accountable for not securing our border, and end his giveaways at your expense. Please visit my website, electjamesgallagher.com, and join my movement to help stop Gavin Newsom. Paid for by James Gallagher for Assembly 2024. Reading, when was the last time you experienced Black Bear Diner? Entrepreneur Magazine recently recognized this hometown diner as a top growing national restaurant. Why? Because there's always plenty for your pause. With delicious homestyle options that deliver choice, value, variety, and a cozy way to make memories and celebrate occasions. Come on in and remind yourself what guests all over the country are discovering. Black Bear Diner. This is Shasta GOP Chairman Dan Sloan. Senator Rand Paul is speaking in Redding, California on February 24th. This fundraising event will benefit conservative values and help elect Republican candidates. They went after Donald Trump's campaign illegally. They used secret courts and they didn't use the same standard as the Fourth Amendment. Join Rand Paul in the fight for true conservative values and ethical standards in the 2024 primary election. VIP ticket holders and event sponsors will receive a photo with Senator Paul on February 24th. Get your tickets at ShastaGOP.org. Hi friends, RC here, bringing you this month's Cigar of the Humidor, the Diesel Vintage. A smooth burn, a perfect draw, and flavor for days. This is what an expertly crafted Pareco from the farms of A.J. Fernandez offers us. The Diesel Vintage is everything we seek in a fine and exceptional cigar experience. Get yours today at Tobacco & Brew, Redding, California. Mark Mazzano is a 29-year veteran of the California Highway Patrol who retired with honors. Go with Mazzano. Mark's a proven leader in law enforcement and government. Someone who gets things done. Go with Mazzano. A new voice for the North State who will finally represent everyone in District 1. Go with Mazzano. My name is Mark Mazzano, and I approve this message. Before by Mazzano for Assembly 2024. Tired of that long drive home from Sacramento? Try Reading Regional Airport, where you can travel the world with one connection on United, Alaska, or Avello Airlines. RDD is located just down the road. Skip the drive, enjoy quick check-ins, and travel with ease and convenience. Getting where you want to go is easy. Easier than ever with non-stop flights to San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles, and Burbank. Enjoy that vacation you've been dreaming about. Fly with ease and convenience from Reading Regional Airport. Hi, I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while a floor of our jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024.
Everybody has been dealing with the availability of homeowner's insurance in Northern California. Companies not writing your home insurance anymore are leaving the state altogether. Siskiyou Insurance has hired a specialist specifically for dealing with a homeowner's crisis here in Shasta County. He specializes in what the market is doing, coverages, and which companies may be able to help. Call Brian Dews at Siskiyou Insurance Services for your home or auto consultation. Siskiyou Insurance Services, 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345. Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR 96.5 FM at 1460 AM. Your talk radio phone lines here at 530-605-4567. Hey, next week we're going to start we're going to start taking entries again. Uh, the Flag Center brought in two more flags. And we're going to give away two more American flags. One next week on Friday, and one the week after that on Friday. So uh, get ready, get your pencils ready, get your uh, keyboards ready so you can enter. We've had lots of entries for this, uh, and so much appreciated, and they're great flags. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Cypress Square Barbershop. Cypress Square Barbershop, right off of Athens Avenue. It's right across the parking lot from Lucky Miller's there, if you're looking for a, a road mark. Uh, locally owned, locally operated, it's a barbershop. It's not a salon. Nope, it's a barbershop. I've never had a bad haircut there. In years, and years that I've been going. I make an appointment at 530-244-9478, which you could do too. Make an appointment that works for you or just like I did the other day. Stopped in, was lucky, got my hair cut. Uh, this is a great place, my friends. Locally owned, locally operated, veteran-owned business. Uh, they give discounts for seniors and veterans, and it's man's last stronghold. Cypress Square Barbershop. I'm here with the, uh, Lieutenant Tim Esses. Uh, who is the uh, heads up the station up in Bernie and 1,600 other square miles of the area, 10 communities. Uh, uh, and before we get to him, Laura, good morning. You have an announcement. Uh, good morning. This is Laura Hobbs, candidate for Supervisor District 2. Um, I'm calling because I wanted to let the listeners know it's illegal to tear down campaign signs and I intend to prosecute when the perpetrator is caught. I've lost over 20 signs, um, but there's an uptick in vandalism just last night. I lost five signs in one night alone. Um, And I want to say this is stealing from contributors hard-earned money, and it must stop. It should it should stop. That's it, that is a bunch of crap. Tearing tearing down uh, opponent signs for whatever reason, and if you you know it's too bad you can't put cameras out there someplace so you can get a shot of who's doing it or their car or something like that, and then do yeah, and then I prosecute. Yeah, I do that. I it's mean, wrong. I will catch them hopefully. So. Okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you, Laura. Thank you very much. You bet. Yeah, tearing down campaign signs. That's just BS. If you don't mind me saying that. I mean, if you you know don't don't want to vote for them, don't vote for them. Go to town hall meetings, but don't tear down people's advertising. That's that's childish. Okay, speak. Well, you see something I should worry about? No. <laughs> I've got the window open. Yeah, as much as we can see through it with the big hole in it. Uh, but then I watched the lieutenant turn his head and follow somebody through. Is there something I should know about? No, we're good. Okay, we're good. That's good. Okay, Christina, put down the pistol. Yeah, <laughs> my Ukrainian warrior. Yeah, uh, 
Tim, the uh, we were talking about Bernie and all this, but you've got you wanted to talk about your canines. I do. How, do you have? Yeah, tell us about your program up there. Well, we're still working at a canine back in the mountain area, but we do have canines down here. We have a wonderful program. Uh, we actually trained last night, did four to five hours of canine maintenance training, and and it's something that I. That's our people coming in. Don't worry, I got your back, buddy. Okay, you got me. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a great program that the county still has, and and we have wonderful men and women that are handling dogs right now, and and we're, they're is much appreciated. Force, is that a force multiplier for oh. you? I mean, it's it's hard to probably for somebody who does not work with a canine. We just read about them. Mm-hmm. The, but I, I'm very familiar with force multipliers, and having a dog with you out there in 1,600 square miles, it is. It's the ultimate partner. They're they're a huge de-escalation tool. They have a bark command, and when people are getting a little froggy and not going with the program, then the, we can give the command to bark, and they seem to listen to that. And, and I would, and it, it becomes a conversation piece. And I mean, it brings them back down to where we can have a a conversation without having to use force or anything like that. So it's a huge tool. A member of your a member of the sheriff's department told me once that he'd have his lab just ride with him <laughs> and the lab would bark. And he said that did a lot. If that dog's in the back seat barking, that would really calm people down. Even though he wasn't a canine. I'm sure this was years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and, and people don't do that now. But it's not only that. I've, I've heard stories where somebody's gotten out, and there's three or four people there, and, you know, it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do? The dog comes out and sits down. Mm-hmm. Things calm down real quick. Oh, they're a huge tool. I mean, I, I don't know how many. You can never provide a statistic, but I don't know how many fights and and. and Things of that nature, they got us out of in burning, deep, dark, big Ben, and things like that, where people don't want to be contacted by law enforcement. But the, the dogs are—they're an equalizer for sure. Well, dogs don't ask questions. No, they don't. They just do their job. Do their job. And, uh, and I'm sure most of you all know, you assault a police, a, poli- a canine, a police dog. It's the same as, uh, as assaulting an officer. Yep. Like that. It's uh, the law. It's the law. And there's reasons for that. Do you remember when that one uh, senator tried to introduce a bill to uh, to uh, outlaw the use of police dogs in arresting people? It seems to be a yearly. It was last about last year. Yeah, it seems to be a yearly occurrence. Yeah, well, it yeah. never got out of committee because yeah. of the out the outcry from people that said what you took was a non-lethal method. Of subduing suspects out of your uh, out of your quiver there, so you would. I mean, why would you take a non-lethal? That, that's exactly it. The, the the dog can be sent to apprehend somebody and can be called back immediately if the handler chooses to do so. And it's not only it's not a tool just to to apprehend subjects. I mean, you have a missing juvenile or a missing elder adult or something like that. They can be used to track those the folks down as well. They're they're an amazing tool and and. It should be concerning that to the community that people want to take that away. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it's just something else that people are doing to make our, in, in my opinion, this guy, uh, I'm not sure what his name is. I want to say Wiener out of San Francisco, but I'm not. it may have been him, but I'm not going to lay this at him. 
but it's this is obviously you know it, they're playing the race card and they're doing all these things, not realizing what, truly what a dog does. That in probably ninety percent, and I'm just throwing that out. You you can tell me they don't do anything except be there. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, people are less likely to flee from us. People are less likely to to again salt other deputies or other law enforcement, fire personnel, anything like that. When the, um, you have an unruly party, um, the, the dog's present on scene. I mean, they, they just listen. People listen and calm down. They calm down and, and they ask about the dog. They ask about the program and they want to know because, I mean, they, they know what dep- a deputy looks like, but they want to know about the dog. And well, sure. It, it's okay. a, ends up, it almost always ends up being a uh, positive interaction. Well, is there a chance that uh, you would have uh – Dogs with every one of your deputies, but is that something that you would want, or I mean, if you had your wish, would you do that? More dogs, but not with every deputy. Okay. Um, logistically, I mean, cause when you have a canine in the vehicle, you can't transport somebody to the jail or to the hospital or something like that. So, um, it, it just logistically it wouldn't work out, and, and and there's a lot of deputies that don't want to be handlers. So. Oh, okay. So it probably wouldn't work out. I've done I've done ride-alongs, and I you know if they're talking to a canine guy, a lot of times there's a lot of barking in the background on that. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of funny, really. Okay, I can understand that. Some some guys just don't want to be a dog handler out there because it is it takes a lot more for it, but it's such a force multiplier. It is. It is. So how many how many do you do you have dogs assigned up there in Bernie, or do they come from? How does that work? I was the last canine handler up there. I'm, I'm definitely working with the captain right now to, to possibly get one back up there. I can't get a time frame on that, but there's okay. a lot of moving parts to that. But yeah, but I, it's everybody's goal to get one up there again. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, like you said, you know, especially when you're traveling 16. I mean, how long is back up there? It can be immediate. I mean, when we seen when we serve or go to a call for service in the community, we, we typically try to send two deputies if they're available. Um, if they're not available and something happens, it could be the deputy could be coming from Reading. You know, for instance, when the, the bank ro- robbery happened in 2009, yeah. I mean, there was only two deputies on that day. So and the deputies were taking shots f- from the bank, the guy in the bank. And yeah, I remember that. Everybody was responding from Reading. So they were, they were on their own for quite a while. Oh, no, you get shots fired. You have people coming in. You've got you've got uh, fishing game guys coming out of the woods on horses. We did. Yeah. We, yeah. Not on horses, but yeah. <laughs> there was definitely some response. Okay. Okay, I'm here with Lieutenant Tim Estes. Est- I mean, am I pronouncing that right? Estes. Estes. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, from uh, He heads up the Bernie Station for the Shasta County Sheriff's Department, and he's a He's a lifelong Bernie resident, and now he's up there. So you kind of got the best of all worlds. They're doing a job you really like in a, in your hometown. Yeah, it's been a, a great opportunity. So. That's cool. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Hi. This is Chuck Kenny with Shasta Gas Propane. It's been a while since I've cut a new radio spot, but I feel I need to issue a warning about energy prices during this fall winter. Just as Obama said after he was elected, elections have consequences. This winter, our country will suffer some of the consequences of the last election. 
I'm not a politician, but I am a businessman, and many of the decisions of this current administration will drastically affect energy prices this winter and going forward. Already we are experiencing record high propane costs and prices. Remember, our motto at Shasta Gas Propane is, our customers are warm friends. We will treat you like friends this winter and do our best to help you through this high price winter. Give us a call at 365-3793. That's 365-3793. Hi, I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while the floor of our jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024. Need a cure for the midweek blues? Laughter is the best medicine. Join us in overtime every Wednesday at 8 p.m. for Comedy Night. Enjoy the humor of different comedians every Wednesday. And the weekend is heating up in overtime with karaoke every Thursday and DBJs performing every Friday and Saturday night. So grab your friends, your dancing shoes, and enjoy signature cocktails with no cover charge. See WinRiver.com for the weekly lineup. Must be 21 to attend. Find your moment at the river. Kevin Cry's cronies are at it again. Disgruntled East Coast multimillionaire Reverge Anselmo has dumped another quarter million dollars into Shasta County to buy Cry, bringing Anselmo's total spending toward $2 million. Do you want to live in Anselmo County? This is not local control. Save Shasta County. Take back local control. Vote yes to recall Kevin Cry on March 5th. Paid for by the committee to recall Kevin Cry. The property insurance crisis in California is starting to affect the business insurance property also. 200 to 300% rate increases in business property rates or not writing business insurance at all are becoming the norm. At Siskiyou Insurance, we have over 100 years experience in writing business insurance in the North State. We can help. We live here and care about our community and want to make sure that you keep your business with a local agent that knows our town and supports it every day. And we'll get you the best deal we can. Call Curtis Byron at Siskiyou Insurance Services, 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345. Siskiyou Insurance. 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345. The Shasta County Republican Assembly is proud to announce the following endorsements for the upcoming Shasta County Board of Supervisors elections. For District 2, the SCRA endorses Laura Hobbs. In District 3, Wynn Carpenter. In District 4, Patrick Henry Jones. We believe these fine candidates will best represent the values and policy priorities of Shasta County voters who align with the Republican Party platform and principles of limited government, fiscal responsibility, and individual liberty. The SCRA also strongly urges voters in District 1 to vote no on recalling the sitting Supervisor Kevin Cry. We stand firmly behind Supervisor Cry and call on District 1 residents to 
to reject this unnecessary and disruptive recall effort. Together, we can ensure sensible, conservative leadership on the Shasta County Board of Supervisors. This ad is paid for by the Republican mm-hmm. Citizens Advisory Committee. Toby Keith, rest in peace, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM. Christine, I need you to do me a big favor. I need you to walk into my office, and sitting on the desk is my scheduler. Could you bring that in here? Thank you. Hey, I'm here with uh, Lieutenant Tim Estes, who heads up the station up in Bernie for the Shasta County Sheriff's Department. If you're just tuning in, and why are you just starting now? Uh, he's from Bernie, and he has uh, – he's from Bernie, and he <laughs> lived there his whole life, became a sheriff after graduating from high school a few years later, a, a deputy. And now he, he lives there. He does a job he really likes. In his hometown, uh, and you know what? That right there has got to kind of, uh, I'm sure, diffuse some situations that you know that y'all get into up there. Because yeah. hey, I've known your family. I've known you since you were five years old. Do not make me. Does that, does that ever come up? It does. I'm, I've had the opportunity to coach um, uh, little league baseball and pop Warner and. And you can kind of start mentoring the young members of the community and, and getting in touch with their parents. Oh, that's great. I never even thought of that part. Yeah, and then and then you those those kids do graduate and they do go through their humps and their bumps in the roads and and you can help them through that because you have that special relationship that you, you got on the football field or baseball field though, and you know their parents from that relationship as well. Uh huh. Well, that does help, and, and and that's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Mayberry in a way, except. You probably don't have Barney working for you. No. Or do you even know what Mayberry is? I mean, you're young. That's uh, your story. I don't <laughs> okay, let's talk about the canines again. You said that uh, you don't presently have any up there right now. No, we don't. But you're trying to get one up there. And what's it take to do that? Um, it's So we have to purchase the dog. We have an outfit, a canine car, which this is all money. Then we have to send the, the canine and the handler to a five-week school. It's continuous five-week school and where they learn basic handling skills and narcotic detection and, and patrol work with the dog. And, mm-hmm. and then they have to certify through the post standard, and then they're released back to patrol. So it's a – even if you if we, for instance, it hired a canine handler today, we're not going to see that dog for several months. So, so – and then somebody has to volunteer to do this, right? There's an application process. They put in for it, and there's an oral board, and, and you obviously pick the best candidate. Dog stay, go, dog goes home with the uh, with his handler too. So you've mm-hmm. got a you've got the dog at home with you. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, so it's an expensive proposition, really, when it gets down to it. Very expensive, and we we definitely lean on our nonprofit uh, friends of Shasta County Canine, and they definitely help us assist. And and they do have a Facebook page. And do they ever have fundraisers? They do. You know what? Uh, do you know the people there? Where? At, at the Shasta County K-9. Yes, thing. it's a retired captain and his wife. Well, you just have to uh, make sure they get in touch with me. I'd yeah. be more than happy to support that because, frankly, 1,600 miles of patrol 
And if you have two incidents happening and then a third happens, now somebody's got to be running from someplace else. Mm -hmm. Now, you do have agreements, I would imagine, with Highway Patrol. And believe it or not, Fish and Game are posts, but they probably don't. Yeah. We're not used for that. We have um, some Forest Service officers that we work hand-in-hand with, wonderful staff at the the RP for CHP up there. I think they have five or six um, officers now, and, yeah. and we definitely at times back Lassen County out in there. Sure. A place kind of, it, it's about east of Fall yeah. River, something yeah. in the area, but we they're, they're wonderful people in there. We're always backing each other, and they're, they're a big help for us. Well, you, got, you know what? It's us against them. Can be. Don't, please do not take that that I mean it's police against citizens. It's 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 our law enforcement against criminals. And so everybody wants to help each other on something like this. Yeah, and my deputies, they typically, they fight the, the the time monster. They're If they do one thing, then they run out of time on their shift to help somebody else. And their fear is that they'll be doing something and... And, and somebody else be victimized, and they're not there to, to, to stand between that. So, uh, There was a domestic violence call back, I think, in Minnesota, was it? Three, uh, two officers and an EMT yeah. were killed. I think it was in Minnesota. Seems to be we're seeing more and more, like, ambushes and things like that uh, happening to officers, more officers being killed or injured by firearms than we have before. The... Uh, so if you get a domestic violence call up in the Bernie region, is this automatically two cars go to that? Absolutely. Um, and, and sometimes, like the other day, the deputy had to respond by himself, and I, I went and uh, backed him up. But, you know, if you, you go on scene, you're a single deputy without a dog, and you hear that screaming and, and people in distress. I mean, what do you do? Huh? you got to make that decision. Yep. And it's definitely an officer safety issue to go in by yourself, but, I mean. There's not one deputy or or police officer out there hasn't made that decision. So, yeah. So yeah, that's a tough decision. On the other hand, I'd probably probably know how the 95 percent of your officers would do is serve and protect. Mm-hmm. And in those situations, turn so violent with the person being assaulted, all of a sudden is on the other side, something like that. Yeah, there's there's a huge conflict with domestic violence. There's the circle of violence that these. You know, one of the parties may have learned that growing up and, and been yeah. ingrained in that environment. So that's that's natural to them. So you're you're overcoming a lot of that when you arrive on scene. Sure. Uh, we're here with Lieutenant uh, Tim Estes, and we've kind of run out of time here. He uh, he's got the Bernie region, uh, six, about around 1,600 square miles, ten ten communities that they help out there. He's talked about the uh, you know the problems. It's 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 small town, but a lot of our big town problems have gone to our small towns now. It's not like it used to be. Bank robberies. I remember that bank robber mm-hmm. there and uh, in Bernie. Uh, they have the drug problems. They have the homeless problems. They have all those things that we have here. Probably, you know, not as many. It's smaller, but it's just still, still the same thing. Eight officers up there? Six deputies. Six deputies. And two sergeants. Okay, that's eight and you. So yeah. nine to cover that whole region. Yeah, Tw- you know, 24 yes. hours a day. Could you use about four more? I would love four more. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe not. We'll see. But there are, it seems like the recruiting has gotten better over the last year. The, the captains and the sheriff, they're doing a wonderful job recruiting. It's, yeah. it's been amazing. 
Well, you need it. And that's one thing we've discovered is that if you have enough law enforcement in the area of that, it's, you know, it, 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 and they're out there to protect us. And unfortunately, there's a lot of bad guys out there. So having enough officers out there where they don't have to respond by themselves for something horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for being with us today. It was my pleasure. Yeah. It's, uh, I can tell you're overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you have a safe trip up there. And please let everybody know that in Shasta County, that, and you probably get this up there. I mean, they, they support you all. They appreciate it. We have a great community. Yeah, we and down here too, and which is one of the recruiting tools that mm-hmm. RPD has used, and I'm sure the sheriff's office does too. Yep. On that, a bigger jail. Yes. 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 Could we use like a 2,000 person jail? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> okay, that may be a bridge too far. Anyway, uh, hey, tomorrow uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Wes Fuller from the VA, and there's a lot of things happening. Uh, with the uh, Veterans Administration and the uh, Shasta County Veterans Service Department. So we'll be doing that. Have a good day today. Do something nice for each other, and God bless America. KCNR, Shasta Reading. The Regional Medical Center.